beautiful feet. Now, the, every Wednesday, you know that we come together, every first Wednesday, we come together for an hour of prayer, and all the Connect groups meet together um, here, down at the church building, to meet and pray. And in May, we had a fantastic time together, as we always do, and, and we always hear from the Lord, and there's many words from God, and, and the Spirit is flowing in, in power. And this last May, we, we had a fantastic time. But there was a theme that came out throughout the evening, and that was about feet, and, um, and sharing the good news, and being good news people, and because of the love of God in our hearts, that we want to take the message that God has put in our hearts to those that don't know God, those that are, that are poor, those that are broken, those that are excluded. And um, we had some great um, words given. There was a number of pictures. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, one word, picture we have is a picture of ropes around ankles and people's feet joined together, meaning the Lord, and, and it was felt the Lord wants us to walk together as a church, being bound in love. Uh, someone else felt God was saying that, he, that God was preparing us as an army to be soldiers of love, marching with one purpose and in unity. And there were other things. And it seemed there was this theme about feet. And we got talking about feet. We had a laugh about feet. All the different puns came out. And uh, I said, I'll have to preach a sermon on, on feet sometime. And so here we are. I'm preaching that sermon. Beautiful feet. Did you hear about the centipede? that uh, said, uh, he said what he said to the physician. He said, he said this, my feet, when my feet hurt, I hurt all over. And, and what about what he said to his friend? He said, um, I just hate it when I start off the day on the wrong foot. <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of puns coming out at that, mo- at that evening. And, and I, I said then, I'll, I'll have to write a paragraph or a story involving these puns. So... Um, I want to read you a story that I wrote and uh, see if you can spot some of the idioms in there about feet. In fact, there's loads of idioms about feet and sayings about feet. And if you know me, I love words. I love doing cryptic crosswords. And so um, listen to this story. There was once this pastor who believed in being one step ahead of everyone. Now, don't get me wrong. He wasn't footloose and fancy free. He was able to stand on his own two feet. But in order to get a foot in the door, he had to think on one's feet. He knew that you have to put your best foot forward, that you have to be on your toes if you're going to get off on the right foot, that you have to be in step in order to toe the line. Now, there was this one occasion when he did get off on the wrong foot, and he took a step in the wrong direction. And instead of putting one foot in front of the other, he started to drag his feet, and even get cold feet. In fact, you could say... He did shoot himself in the foot and was really embarrassed when he put his foot in it, when he said to his congregation that they need to take a walk on the wild side. (laughs) Thankfully, the story doesn't end there. He did manage to get back on his feet and make a step in the right direction. And taking one step at a time, he managed not to step on anyone's toes. And in fact, the shoe was on the other foot when he preached an amazing sermon called Beautiful Feet. As you can probably um, guess, we're going to pre- I'm going to be preaching today from Isaiah 52, and re- um, verse 7, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. So let's read the first seven verses together. Isaiah 52, 
verse 1 to 7. Awake, awake, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, O Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in that day they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. And here's the key verse today. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Hallelujah. Our God reigns, doesn't he? Praise God. There's a few key words that, um, that I want to highlight today. And they are, shake off your dust, rise up, people will know my name, feet of those who bring good news, proclaim peace, bring good tidings, proclaim salvation, and your God reigns. You know, as a pastor, as a preacher, you are trained when you read scripture to to highlight different things in in the passages that you read, things that stand out, things that, that need to be unpacked and looked at. And these are the things that I want to look at today, Uh, some of them briefly, some of them in more detail. And it's a great lesson to learn as we read Scripture every day, to ask the Holy Spirit to highlight things in those passages. Um, It's a good exercise to to say, Lord, what are you saying today through your Word? And we must get in the habit of reading the Word every day. And, And maybe journaling, writing down what God says to you, and, and put a date on it. And it's such a blessing when you, when you look back and think, yeah, I remember that. I remember you saying that to me, God, and I claim that for, for myself today. Maybe you're going through a difficult time and God promised you something. And it's great to look back and say, thank you, Jesus. So shake off your dust. As you will know, <coughs> the common footwear in the times that the, the Bible was written was the sandal. <coughs> Excuse me. So whenever people arrived at a place of meeting, whenever they arrived at someone's house, they would have very dusty feet because the climate there was very dry. And so feet would be very dusty. And so you would have to shake off the dust before you entered into people's homes. You would shake off that dust. And so that's where this comes from, where, where the Lord is saying, shake off your dust. Because it's cling to them. The dust is cling to them. You know what it's like when you've you got your sandals on and you get a piece of grit in them. And, and you, you're trying to shake out the, the grit or you, you're stomping your feet. I uh, often think uh, what it must look like to onlookers as you're walking along doing this crazy walk, you know, with your feet. You know what it's like. You want to, things, sometimes things cling to you and you want to shake it off. And this is what 
God is saying to the, to the people here, shake off your dust. Shake off your dust. And I think for us, sometimes we, we live... Thank you, Carol. Sometimes I think that we live sometimes on our journey, on our walk with Jesus, and in our life in general. We, we pick up all sorts of things that cling to us. Things that are annoying, but sometimes we pick up things which really we should start shaking off. Shake off your dust. And I also want to think and ask question ourselves a question this morning. What is it that you need to shake off? Because I'm sure every one of us here has something we need to shake off. Something that's been said to us maybe. Something that has happened in our lives. Something we've said to somebody. Something we have done. We need to shake it off. Shake off your dust. Don't let these things weigh you down. What is it that is clinging on to you or maybe you are holding on to? And what is it that is stopping you from rising up? Because it says there in verse 2, shake off your dust, rise up. Rise up. We need to shake off the dust in order to rise up. It should be the desire of all of us to be rising up. And so often there are so many things that cling to us, that that weigh us down, that stop us from rising up. We need to shake them off. We need to shake off the dust. I want us all, as people of Delancey, and people, all people here today, I want us all to, to rise up with these beautiful feet. Beautiful feet. People that rise up to tell the good news. So that people will know my name. People will know my name. Verse 6 says this. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. So if we shake off our feet, shake off the dust off our feet, and we rise up, we then make the name of Jesus known. It's time to rise up. It's time to declare the name of Jesus. The trouble is that so many of us have things that we've picked up during the journey that are stopping us from rising up. Shake off your dust and rise up. Rise up to be people with beautiful feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. It's a passage that we know very well. We've heard so many times. How beautiful are the feet of those are the feet of those who bring good news, proclaim peace, bring good tidings, proclaim salvation, and who say to Zion, Your God reigns. I have a deep desire. That us as a church and the church nationwide, the church globally, should be good news people. The more and more I look into scripture, I, I see that Jesus' message to us, that is the underlying message, that we are to be good news people. To tell people the good news. 
The great news, to tell our story. You know, I keep on going about that, but we must, we must tell our story. It is good news. So how beautiful are the feet who bring good news? Let's have a look at those few things there. I'm going to look at this. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Our aim in life should be to be good news people. Because a world dominated by bad news needs to hear the good news. And we have the good news. We have the greatest news. We have the greatest story ever told. And the good news is that Jesus has come. According to Isaiah 61. What has he come? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to do this. To preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I have a deep longing in my heart that we will be good news people. That we will take this message, this good news that we have, as we, as we go into the, as we work through the vision that God has placed on this, on, on me and on this church for reach, equip, and send. As we reach out to those that are poor, broken, and excluded. That's what Jesus is saying here. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners. To preach good news. Come on, let's be good news people. Preaching good news to the poor, broken and excluded. And that is our mandate. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. Even the Apostle Paul repeats that passage in Romans 10, 15. As he's encouraging and spurring on the Romans. And he says there, how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And the whole thing about feet, that you have to use your feet. You have to walk. How can, they, how can they preach, Paul says, unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Who is going to preach the good news? You are. I am. That is our calling, to be good news people. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. How beautiful are the feet who proclaim peace. Not only are we to bring good news, we are to proclaim peace. Like that. <laughs> I forgot I put that on there. I wonder what you're laughing at then. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, isn't it? 
The Hebrew word for proclaim here is shama, which means to cause to hear, to tell, to proclaim, to utter a sound. To sound aloud, to make proclamation, to summon, to cause to be heard. You know, sometimes I love looking at the Greek and the Hebrew because they express the word so much better sometimes than we do. You know, we've got that word proclaim peace, but proclaim in, in, in the Hebrew means to cause, to hear, to tell, to proclaim, to utter a sound. We are to proclaim, we are to cause to hear, we are to tell, we are to report on the peace of God. There truly is nothing like the peace of God. As many of you will know, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom was the, uh, was the common friendly greeting used in asking after the health of anyone Also in farewells, shalom means peace from enemies, which implies prosperity, was the great desire of the nation and was the gift of God to the people if they walked in his ways. They would know the peace of God. Shalom also means inward peace. It was the portion of the righteous who trusted in God. Shalom also means peace, the peace that was to be sought and followed by the righteous. Psalm 34 verse 14 says, seek peace and pursue it. Zechariah 8, 16 and 19 says, love truth and peace. The peace that we proclaim, the peace that we utter, the peace that we cause people to hear, the peace that we tell is the peace that Jesus brought. The spirit of the gospel and of the Christian is one of peace. And it is our Christian duty to seek to bring war and strife everywhere to an end. This is represented in, in the ultimate result of the gospel and the spirit of Christ. Universal and permanent peace can come only as the spirit rules in our hearts. We are to proclaim, we are to tell that, that we can now have peace with God because of Jesus Christ, because of the good news. As good news people, we proclaim to those that are lost and without hope the peace of God. Remember it says, doesn't it, in New Testament, the peace of God transcends all understanding. The peace of God is powerful. I remember many, I can give account of many times. We all go through difficult circumstances. There is something powerful about the peace of God. I can remember being in many cells in in the prison when I was the chaplain. And as you can imagine, the young men there were in a distraught, distraught place. They would do all the brave stuff in front of all their mates or in front of their peers. But as soon as you got them in there on their own, in their cell, it's a very different story. They'd be crying and they'd be in an anxious state. And I remember many, many times saying, look, let's pray for the peace of God to enter into this cell and into your life. And every time that prayer was prayed, they would say, wow. 
That's amazing. And they would sense the peace of God. And we can do that when maybe we're in life and people are talking to us and it's saying, look, I'm going through some really tough things at the moment. I don't know what's happening. What is happening? We can say, look, let's pray for the peace of God. Proclaim the peace, the peace of God. How beautiful are the feet who proclaim peace. How beautiful are the feet who bring good tidings. God says in Isaiah 40 verse 9, You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. How beautiful are the feet who bring good tidings. Now the word tidings is not a word that we use really these days in our everyday language. The newspapers and the world news bring bad news continually. And now in the age of technology, you can watch bad news any moment of the day, 24 hours a day. You can watch it, you can hear it, you can read it. News of war, news of terror, killings, bombings, floodings, corruption, hatred, strife, hunger, starvation and sickness. We are called to be different. We are to be people who bring good tidings. For example, we are always hearing bad news over these last years from Iraq. Well, there is some good news from Iraq. I would say, if you go to um, Canon Andrew White's um, talk on the 26th, you'll hear some good news from Iraq. Some of the miraculous things that are happening in the church there in Baghdad. Absolutely incredible. But here's some good news from Iraq. Christians, including church leaders and missionary workers, suggest Iraq is heading towards its biggest spiritual revival ever after decades of fear and hardship during the regime of Saddam Hussein. They report that amid ongoing death and destruction, both religious Christians and Muslims are accepting Christ as their personal saviour and Lord. Amen? Daily throughout the country, even in Kurdish-controlled areas, people are hungry for Christ, says Iraqi pastor Ghassan Thomas, who has in the past used his kindergarten as a vehicle to share the gospel. Speaking in his office with explosions and shootings often audible, he recalls how the regime of Saddam Hussein did not allow the establishment of new denominations. Therefore, I was involved in an indirect ministry through the kindergarten, as I did not get permission to officially operate and evangelize. However, people soon came to me and said, this is like a church. With American soldiers in town, he was finally able to realize his dream and open his his Evangelical Alliance Church. Less than two weeks later, his congregation could hardly accommodate the hundreds of people that are attending its meetings in the rented church building. The hallelujahs and the amens reverberate throughout the small but lively congregation as Pastor Thomas explains the hope of Christ. Among those in the audience are Christians who were forced to fight in the army of Saddam Hussein. Besides all this bad news over the media, people add to this gossiping and complaining, anger and thoughts 
and talks of revenge. We are not to be people like that. We are to be bringer of good tidings. Share words of encouragement. Be an encourager all day long. Bless people instead of criticizing them. Build them up instead of knocking them down. How beautiful are the feet who bring good tidings. How beautiful are the feet who proclaim salvation. God says in his word, in 1 Chronicles 16 verse 23, Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Psalm 67 verse 2 says, That your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. Psalm 96 verse 2 says, Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. And Acts 4 verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. If you want beautiful feet, and I'm not talking about lovely pedicure and, and uh, stuff like that. If you want beautiful feet, you need to be proclaiming salvation. We must never tire of sharing the great news of salvation. You know, in the context of this verse here in Isaiah 52, they were looking for salvation. They were not in the privileged position that we are. We know that Jesus has already come and we are now saved because of Jesus. So our proclamation will be different to these people, to those in the time of Isaiah. We are to proclaim, to announce, to declare, to make known that Jesus is the good news and that he has come. He has conquered death. And he is victorious. And he is alive forevermore. This is our proclamation. Jesus is Lord. And we thank God for that salvation that we have because of Jesus. How beautiful are the feet who proclaim salvation. And as scripture says, let's do it day after day. And this is our proclamation, as I prayed earlier. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of our lives. And that's a simple statement, Jesus is Lord. But living it out in our day-to-day life is quite challenging. In everything that we say, in everything that we do, in every place that we go, Jesus is Lord. Is Jesus Lord of your life? That's a challenging question today. But this leads to my final observation. How beautiful are the feet who say to Zion, your God reigns. Your God, our God reigns. He is Lord. As good news people, we are to say to God, We are to say, our God reigns. He is alive. He is Lord over all of our lives. Jesus is Lord. 
This statement, Jesus is Lord, is at the very heart of the gospel, at the very heart of our calling. Without this, our good news will just be good news. Anyone is capable of bringing good news. As followers of Jesus, our good news has an eternal element. Because Jesus has conquered death, he now reigns forever. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. Hallelujah. Our God reigns. Because Jesus is Lord, we can bring good news to the poor, to the broken, to the excluded. We can bring good news of peace, good news of salvation. We have the greatest message of all. We have the very best good news. Come on. Let's encourage one another to be people that are not just followers of Jesus, but people that are followers of Jesus who tell good news. Let's shake off the dust. Let's rise up to be people with beautiful feet. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, proclaim peace, bring good tidings, proclaim salvation, and who say to Zion, your God reigns. Today I want to close now. I would like us to do a response. We're going to have a time of communion. But I want us to do something that is associated with feet. I don't want us all to take our shoes and socks off, don't worry. (laughs) Those panicking right now. (laughs) What is he going to do? (laughs) I would like us all, if we're able to, to get up on our feet and to walk to the front. And I want us to stand in a sign of unity in being good news people. Because sometimes being good news people is not that easy. And we need to be encouraged. We need to encourage one another. And I wonder whether we could stand up the front this morning, shoulder to shoulder, as good news people. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer of encouragement, of of declaration, that our God reigns. And I pray for us that we will be good news people. That when we tell others the good news of what we've been talking about today, they will respond to that good news. Because that's what we want, isn't it? We want those that we love, those that we don't know, that don't know Jesus, to hear the great news that Jesus has come. He has died for us. Those that have no hope can have hope. Those that are lost can be found. And I wonder whether we could come, and as, as we come, we'll, we'll pray together. And then I thought it'd be nice if we just come around the table together and take bread and, and, and drink the cup when we're ready. Uh, I, we'll do that just after we do the prayer, and I'll read scripture and everything. So I wonder if we could stand to our feet and come, and let's be together down here. Lord, I thank you that we are together. 
I thank you for the power and the strength and the blessing that there is in unity. And I pray for us as we represent the church of Delancey. As we know, many are away on holiday or with family today. We stand representing the church today. That we stand together, shoulder to shoulder, brothers and sisters together. That we will be men and women that tell the good news. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will encourage one another in our pursuit to proclaim peace, to to give good news, to, to bring good tidings, to proclaim salvation, to say our God reigns. Lord, that we will stand together on this and encourage and spur each other on in that, Lord. Lord, that we will be people that build each other up and not knock each other down. That we were people that were not criticised, but we would be people that encourage. And so, Lord, I pray and thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to us through, through prayer on a Wednesday that spurred on and brought this sermon to be in today. Beautiful feet, Lord. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. So I pray that we will be good news people as we pursue that vision that you've laid in our hearts to reach, equip, and send, that we will be those good news people, that we will be sent, that we will walk as we are sent and be good news people in the name of Jesus. We just read the familiar passage that we do when we come around communion. And and then when, when you feel... You want to come and just come and, as we do on a Good Friday, come and just take the bread. Maybe you want to come with, your, with, your, with friends, with family, and take it together. But so let's be together on this. Let's not let anybody be alone. Let's be together. So let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread... And drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. So let's just take a few moments to be quiet. And we will do as scripture tells us, that command that Jesus has given us as his church. Let's examine ourselves this morning.
Lord, I thank you for this precious time that we have together. We don't want to rush through this time, this time of communion. It's a special time. As followers of Jesus, this is sacred to, our, to us, Lord Jesus. It's a time when we push out all those things that invade our hearts and our minds. And we focus on you and we remember you. It's a time when we remember the covenant that you made with us. That you would never leave us, never forsake us. That through your blood, we can come to God. Through your blood, we can have healing. We are healed, it says. Through your blood, in the new covenant, we are now good news people. And your instruction to us was to go into the world, baptize men and women in the name of Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to make you known. So I pray together as, I pray that together as we are here, as we stand shoulder to shoulder, that we would use this time to renew our commitment to each other and to you, Lord, that we will be good news people. Not only good news of you, but good news of what God is doing in our own lives. So I pray you'll bless this time together as we eat the bread, as we drink the cup. Maybe take this as a statement of together in unity, we will rise up, we will shake off the dust and rise up and be people that tell and proclaim your good news. In the name of Jesus, amen.